Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Barfield. And I'm Josiah Jones. And this is the Christ Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. We hope our show will encourage, challenge, and uplift you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In today's special episode, we talk about how our latest sermon intersects with our current political climate. And of course, we'll read some scripture and spend time praying for you. So let's get to it. Oh, yes. Welcome back, family and friends and listeners and uh, armchair experts of all kinds. Thank you for being here today. (laughs) Wow, what an exciting show ahead of us. And um, basically, it's exciting because our pastor, Josiah, is back. No, it's actually exciting because we're going to talk about an election. (laughs) Uh But it is exciting because Josiah is back in the podcast saddle. Thanks for being here. How, How have you been? How's it going? Outstanding. Thank you, Dave. Good. Doing really well. Yeah. It is um, nice to be back. Mm-hmm. And and I must say as well, it was great to hear from yeah. our new elder candidates, right, too. Right, right. It's so, not that you went anywhere. We just had some special yeah. guests. It's not like you took an extended hiatus. You just... We had some special guests on our podcast, uh, some elder candidates, and it was fun to get to know them. And we have a little election of our own coming up here uh, this yes. Sunday, right? This, uh, November... Eighth, our church will be voting on um, some potential new elders to serve on the on the session. Yes, and I'm sure it's going to be an all nighter <laughs> counting the votes. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> uh, probably. I'll no. have to watch the the chirons at the bottom <laughs> of our screen. I will say though, mm. it is one of the wonderful privileges and responsibilities mm-hmm. uh, that that members have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just thinking about preparing for the election this week um, with the the officer candidates, how in Acts 20, Paul is speaking to elders at Ephesus, and he talks to them about how they have been appointed Mm -hmm. by the Holy Spirit to shepherd this flock. Mm -hmm. And it's like you want to say, Paul, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Luke has shown us earlier in Acts 6 the process for electing mm-hmm. officers there with what would become deacons, but the same process for mm-hmm. elders uh, later pointed to in Acts. And it's it's people in the congregation mm-hmm. who are electing officers and, and then the leadership appointing those who are qualified. And Paul said, uh, don't miss this. Or Luke's saying, rather, right, the reason yeah. he records it, don't miss this. The Holy Spirit right. appoints through his people who are directed by him. Amen. Uh, yeah. So that the the shepherds we need are supplied by the great shepherd right. uh, through the work of his Holy Spirit, through the congregation. It's one so. of those few times that Protestants believe in ex cathedra. <laughs> yes. God speaking through his church to select the, the under-shepherds, in a way. Yes. So, Yeah, that's cool. And I, I like that you brought up the shepherding because... Um, that was on the hearts of both Mike uh, Bergman and Alan Barta, that that was how they were viewing their role going into this um, uh, office that they're taking, uh, they're you know, potentially being elected to, was, was shepherding. That was very serious for them, and, and that's wonderful. You know, often we we look at, um, in, in our evangelical culture, we think of leaders more as CEOs instead of shepherds, but their heartbeat yeah. was definitely shepherd, which yeah. is great to great to see. Which is a reflection of Jesus' heart. He Amen. is the 
Great shepherd. Yeah, exactly. And what a wonderful shepherd indeed. Amen. So lots on our minds uh, regarding the national election. And, you know, a lot of us were probably hoping we could not talk about this, (laughs) but... With the elephant or the donkey in the room, uh, <laughs> there's no getting around it. And uh, we had a national election um, with the, for the various seats of power in our country, and it's not actually decided yet for a lot of those things. Some of the seats are decided, but uh, kind of the main ones aren't. So we don't have the final results yet. And so here we are, day yeah. after an election, kind of in limbo. Yeah. Well, actually, I was kind of excited to talk about this because... Um, in regards to that, I know many people probably stayed up late and looked at this morning and saw that it hadn't been decided yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in applying the sermon from this past week, I was mm-hmm. praying about seeking understanding, and the Lord gave me a dream. Oh, good. And we, no. <laughs> so who is that little horn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, actually, in Too application much. of that first sermon sure. point, uh, yeah. Um, uh, the secret things belong to the Lord. Right. I don't know yet. Um, like the rest of us, whom God is going to have be um, the next president. Right. But I know we can trust Him. Yeah, exactly. And I think it, like you, you brought up the sermon, it does intersect in a very specific way um, with the book of Daniel and uh, our day and age, and specifically the political climate that we're in. And I, I think it's good that you brought up the sermon because. It, it allows us to talk about both uh, right now. We could talk about the sermon, but also about how it applies to to where yes. we are. Yes, and and I am excited to do that because let me. I, I think maybe it'd be worth my just mentioning uh, how wonderful it has been to see God work um, providentially to speak uh, to where we are through His Word. Um, at the at the beginning of the word uh, of the year, when I was seeking God for um, where I'd be preaching from, I had no idea the pandemic was coming, mm-hmm. and I initially had planned on moving straight from First Peter mm-hmm. to Daniel to kind of show how this mm. exile theme is lived out in yeah. in real life. I remember that and conversation. Uh, just in my time of at study leave, there were just a, a number of things that happened Mm -hmm. where I just didn't feel like it was time for me to preach Daniel. Mm -hmm. And of course, so, so then it um, ended up uh, COVID-19 happening and preached a number of messages somewhat related to that. And then marks of a healthy church. uh, But I couldn't get away from Daniel Mm -hmm. and believing this is an important word for now and the timing of it in my own life. And, um, heard from many others, just God speaking to to the heart struggles um, and to the things that are happening has been remarkable. I think God's hand has been all over showing how he, he wants to speak to us where we are and to what's right. going on. Yeah, it's a very practical way to assess God's love for us. I mean, there, there's the the overt, objective ways that we see in Scripture found in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then we can look back, much as we're commanded to, uh, and remember and see and observe the way God has uh, given us uh, His grace. And I think that that's evidence this last year where um, we can see God working in our church in specific ways. People have come to faith. People have grown. People have been challenged 
uh, I have been challenged in in great ways uh, spiritually uh, and physically too. Um, and, and I think that we can look back and say God has been faithful and He has been leading, which yes. means He was in control the whole time. Amen. So I can trust Amen. Him for tomorrow. Yes, uh, which is kind of where we where we're going with the Daniel uh, nine discussion, which is yeah. the sermon on Sunday. So uh, speaking of the sermon. Um, you had a point that I wanted to chat about that I thought was really helpful. Um, the kind of it kind of is a perfect illustration of where we are today after a, the day after an election. Uh, but you said in your sermon um, that there's this tension between God always telling us what we need to know, but not exactly always telling us all that we want to know. Yes, right. So that <laughs> God tells us what we need to know, but not all that we necessarily want to know. So yes. can you tell us a little bit more about that? Where did that where did that come from and how did that intersect with Daniel and and where we are today? Absolutely. Well, as you know in Daniel 8, um God enables Daniel to see this vision and there's some really troubling things that he sees in the vision. So what does he do? He does what I suggested God wants us to do. He seeks understanding. Mm-hmm. And God approves of his seeking understanding and uh, sends an angel to give him understanding, to interpret what was revealed. And so per, that first point was seek understanding, um, the, uh, uh, seek to understand what is revealed in God's Word to understand what is happening in our world. But the interesting thing about uh, Daniel 8 is Daniel seeks understanding, God gives it to him, and yet, <laughs> if you read the end of chapter 8, verse 27, there's a lot that Daniel still doesn't mm-hmm. understand. Right. He understands what he needs to know in order to faithfully face the challenges that God is going to bring his way, but he doesn't understand a lot of the details of mm-hmm. God's plan mm-hmm. down the road because he doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a perfect a perfect illustration of <laughs> yesterday. Um, you know, we want to know who won. Yes, but we don't know who won, so that means God doesn't require us to know who won yes. for right now because it's not revealed. It's not. Yes, uh, we just don't have that knowledge yet. So there, there's an element of trust. Right? Yes, and and part of it, we want to be like God. I mean, mm-hmm. that was the first sure. temptation, right? To yeah. know everything God yeah. knows, we feel knowledge is power, and if we know what's, then we can engineer, we can plan, we can have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And God wants us instead to to know Him mm-hmm. and to trust Him and to act on the knowledge that He does give us and to trust Him with the things that He hasn't yet revealed. Mm-hmm. So, so, so we need to live in dependence upon God, and God gives us what we need so that we yet recognize, I'm dependent upon Him and upon His provision, upon His power. So... I keep uh, looking to him. Mm-hmm. Daniel, or I'm sorry, not Daniel, uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to mm-hmm. the Lord. Those things that have been revealed belong to us and to our children. And I've been convicted and I'm struck with, I often can spend so much time obsessing about the things God has not revealed mm-hmm. while neglecting the things that he has, right? to believe and to act on the things that he has revealed. Yeah, it's almost like Jesus was on to something when he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow will take care of itself. Yes. There's enough evil today. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's, you know, I think that's the application of the Deuteronomy 29 uh, uh, phrase or verse that you were quoting. And there is that element of trust. And, and we're, we're called often in Scripture to, to look back at the faithfulness of God so that that can fuel our faith in God for the future, that He has Amen. tomorrow taken care of. I can be present today. I can deal with whatever He has given me today, or in Pauline words, walk in the good works that he has prepared beforehand. Um, and and that's, that's the valid backwards gaze of what God has done, so that then we can look forward into uh, the future about what God is going to do one day. Yes. There's just, just an illustration that I thought about, even as wrestling with COVID-19 this past year, and the the limited knowledge that we have. Right. We try to forecast, we try to plan all these things. Mm-hmm. And the picture that I have, even with God's revelation is, and the light that he gives us is to imagine you are, you're walking uh, on, on a camping trip on this path in, in the mountain at nighttime with your father who has a flashlight and he's holding out light ahead of you. And what, the Father says is, don't go beyond what I've revealed to mm-hmm. you. We want to run ahead and hurry up and get there and get there and get there. Yeah. No, stay where I have shed light, mm-hmm. which what I've revealed and what I've enabled you to see how my word applies to what's happening in your life. Don't go beyond mm-hmm. the light. Right. Don't go beyond yeah, what good. God's revealed. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So another point that you... Um, mentioned in your in your sermon, um, was this idea of being busy about the king's business. And I thought that was a good one line, be busy about the king's business. Um, that's what Daniel was doing, right? Yes. I mean, explain to us how in the passage, what was Daniel doing? How was he busy about the king's business? Well, again, Daniel sees these troubling things, right, that that God is going to permit to happen it's, uh, under his sovereign control, and and it even disturbs Daniel, and yet he appropriately laments and and is disturbed. And we know elsewhere in Scripture he he lifted these issues up to God in prayer. Mm-hmm. But then the text says, then Daniel went about mm-hmm. the king's business. Right. And so that was the the final point of this message: continue or keep fulfilling God's call. Right. Which we know. First, foremost, is to pursue our relationship with God, or to mm-hmm. this is the will of God, your sanctification as God's children. He's called us be holy as your Father in heaven is holy, and that. And look at Daniel's one through six, and you see Daniel does that in the midst of Babylon, in the midst of uncertainties, in the midst of different kings and kingdoms. He continues to fulfill his call mm-hmm. to live for the God who had saved him. And so that's the first part of our call, is to pursue a relationship with God, to continue growing into his likeness, right? But secondly, fulfill God's call uh, uh, in our vocation. Mm-hmm. And for Daniel, he was very in, engaged in the political sphere, right. as um, uh, uh, even under uh, Belshazzar, yeah. uh, he still... Uh, um, sure was about the the business that God had given him in Babylon. And so this is, we just celebrated Reformation Sunday, and I mm-hmm. mentioned that in passing, but one of the 
crucial biblical insights of Reformation Sunday, or of of the Reformation, was the priesthood of all believers. Right, right. That God has given us different gifts and opportunities, and as we serve um, the good of others and seeking to do it for God's glory, whether um, uh, whether a minister of the gospel or someone who uh, shines shoes <laughs> or as a doctor, lawyer, contractor, teacher, homemaker, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. as we do that, we're actually um, fulfilling our priestly um, a call to honor God and also bless our neighbor, serve our neighbor. Yeah. Um, and that is a clear application there with that text. But I suggested a third thing, and that's namely in the context of, of God's kingdom to fulfill our call um, to the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus has said, whatever happens in our world, whoever is king, whoever is president, um, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and here's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Go and make disciples of all nations. Right. So these, these three things we know we have been called to do. Mm-hmm. Whoever ends up being president, whoever uh, uh, wins the Senate or... Uh, um, or, or Congress, or whatever happens in our world, um, we are to be about the king's business. Yeah, that's a, that's a helpful reminder. And I love that idea, going back to the priesthood of believers, to think that God's chosen people here today can be either in or right next to the highest potentates of the land fulfilling yes. God's will on this yes. earth. And that's so encouraging to know that God is going to build his kingdom and potentates can't stand in the way uh, yes. of that. And sometimes potentates can be that, uh, you know, be of course part of the kingdom as well. Uh, but that's just so encouraging to know that the, the kingdom of priests are permeating this world. Yes. And that's, that was God's plan all along. And it's, it went from this small localized cultural people and 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 then it's spreading 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 throughout the whole world which is fulfillment of Matthew 28 of course yes. um and it, and I love that that's that was recovered in the reformation the priesthood of believers uh because it's what Peter was telling us in his epistle um uh, about being a kingdom of priests and yes. to know that we <laughs> as uh, believers have fellow priests uh in the highest offices around the world is just to me so cool and so encouraging when things could look bleak. I mean, I'm sure for Daniel, things probably look bleak from time to time going through Nebuchadnezzar and then Belshazzar and then, then Darius slash Cyrus, depending on who they were. Yeah. Um, Things probably looked bleak at different times, but, but (laughs) he was God's man for the job. Yes. Doing those three things that you were talking about. Yes. And and just, just to remind us, because, I mean, one of the central themes of Daniel is God's sovereign over the rise and fall of kings and kingdoms, right? Um, and for Daniel to be about the king's business, remember, he's, he's told uh, um, to do that. He had seen God work and arguably convert Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Um, and so life must have been pretty uh, a significant improvement Probably. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, after, after that for him. And then after that, to go from Nebuchadnezzar to historically probably Nabonidus, the, uh, the next leader who would have been the 
father then of of uh, Belshazzar. Mm-hmm. That's details of history, and so right. scripture refers to Nebuchadnezzar as the father or grandfather that that yeah, Aramaic it's, there. Yeah, could, it's it's, the it's ancestor. ambiguous. Sure. So, but at any rate, to go and to be to have to work and to serve alongside mm-hmm. a ruler who uh, like uh, uh, Belshazzar. It could have been very discouraging, and what's the point to, to give yeah. up? No, you're still to be about the king's right. business. You're still ultimately serving as as a, 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 for me, right. serving the true king, even as you serve earthly appointees who have some um, deep uh, flaws and problems, and you know, sure. So. And that's that's empowering, I think, for uh, some. Um, uh, how to say it, some circles of Christianity that tend to withdraw and and, and be, just be set apart from society. Yes. Instead, we see kind of the mandate, no, you go, you go into this position with the power of the Holy Spirit in this vocation that I've called you to, no matter what it is. It could be second in command, it could be uh, one of those positions that you mentioned earlier, a secular position, quote-unquote, but we are called to engage with culture around us and to go into them uh, or into it with the power of God. We're not called to withdraw and just let them bend for themselves. And I'm thinking specifically of the command uh, to the exiles, bless the city of your exile. Yes. <laughs> and that's what we see Daniel Daniel yes. doing. In, and, go ahead. And, and by the way, that's going to be our calling, and we can trust and expect God to work through that, even if things were to get much more difficult right. for Americans to live out their faith publicly. Right. We've still been given authority. Yeah, none of that changes. But just, yeah. it, doesn't, right. it doesn't change. Uh, and, and often... Um, but often, there's tension there, too, because it's yeah. not like we are hoping to... We're hoping for that because then... You know, that, that's a consequence of us not doing our job, right? If we're not engaging in culture and it's just, and society uh, is, has been kind of left to do its own thing, there, there's that, uh, you know, if all the culture, if all the Christians don't get involved, yeah. um, then there's a, uh, a tendency towards the worst part of society becoming a reality. So we don't want that to happen either. I mean, we, we don't want it to just be hard for us because we like things hard, but we also don't want it to be hard because we didn't do our job. Right. Do you see what I mean? Yes, and and that's why, biblically, Paul will say, pray for your leaders, and mm-hmm. he'll explain why, so they may live a quiet and peaceful life. And by implication, uh, there are other passages that point to seeking, the ju- seeking justice in mm-hmm. the city, seeking good, and so all those things um, that encourage uh, citizens of heaven to be very active citizens here uh, on earth seeking the good of the city. Um, But God's made it clear, Paul will also then later write, if you desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. Right. You're going to go... So even though you pray for and seek peace, the shalom, the good, if in God's providence he permits things to get hard, and he very well may... Um, that don't be discouraged and don't stop being about the king's business because God has a way of working through those kinds of adversity to display more his grace, his goodness, his Mm -hmm. patience as we 
reflect Jesus in the face of adversity. Think about, I mean, with even Daniel, when there was a shift from Belshazzar to mm-hmm. Darius, um, he did experience significant <laughs> adversity, right. so much so he ends up uh, in the lion's den. Right, and he was not He was thrown in the, di- in the lion's den for doing what he was supposed yes. to be doing all along, yes. right? It's not because he was Seeking thrown... That. Yeah, <laughs> it's not because he... Well, yeah, he wasn't thrown into the lion's den because he was a bad employee. Right. <laughs> he wasn't blessing yes. the city that he lived in, yes. right? He was thrown in because he was doing what God intended for him to do. And I think that's that's was my point, is yes. that... You know, things can get hard because we haven't done the work that we've been called to do, or things can get hard because God has ordained persecution to spread us out, much like we yes. see in the Book of Acts. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've appreciated this uh, sermon series, and I I kind of marvel at the timing of it uh, with our society and where God has brought us. Um, you know, it's hard not to get a little bit. This is going to sound bad, and it's okay because I'll explain it. A little center of the universe ish because it's like all of these things fell into line for Christ Community Church. <laughs> like we're in a sermon, God led us to a sermon series just for us, you know, because not everybody's studying Daniel right now. And of course, I know that God is um, omnipotent and working all things for his people all over the world. But I do yes. feel a sense of specialness <laughs> that God had this for us in this time because I think we really needed it. We needed to see Daniel. Uh, interacting in society and how God was faithful in all of those things. Amen. In our next segment, we're going to take the time to quiet our hearts and listen to God's Word. With so many competing voices grasping for our attention at this very moment— It's difficult and yet totally worth it to meditate for a few moments on the Word of God. So, Josiah, what passage are we hearing today? Dave, we're going to read from Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9, to remind ourselves what we're to do uh, with our temptation to be anxious in light of the fact that Jesus is ruling this world. Excellent. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything uh, of excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What a refreshing passage uh, to hear, especially with the chaos going on around us. Um, Josiah, what thoughts do you have briefly from the, from that passage? Just quickly, Dave, we're so prone with uncertainties mm. to be anxious. Yeah. And God says, here's what I want you to do. Uh, in, instead of being anxious, carrying these burdens, the burdens of the unknown, the fears, and all of that, I want you uh, to come to me in prayer, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to 
put all of these things before me in prayer, uh, the one who's uh, big enough to ha- handle these things, and and then my peace will uh, will govern rule your hearts yeah. rather than your anxiety. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that formula for um, r- solving anxiety in our lives. Uh, let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. Don't be anxious, but do this, yes. right? And that's uh, a simple formula. I've seen it true in my own life and, and love the fact that um, God works just like he says he is in his word. And another thing in that passage towards the end there, I was thinking about that list of things to think about. And my my uh, five-year-old son asked me the other day about he had a bad dream or, or something was on his mind, and he's, he's a very uh, thoughtful kid, and it was just, he didn't like some thoughts that he was having, um, something scary or something, and he's like, how do I get rid of these things? <laughs> Which is, I, I don't know, if it seems kind of uh, in tune to, for a five-year-old, but uh, I was trying to encapsulate what, what Paul was saying here in Philippians 4 at the end, like, all right, we need to fill it up with these things, so that crowds out then the things that we don't want to think about. Uh, trying to get that through to a five-year-old is a little bit harder, but um, uh, it's true for me <laughs> uh, as a child of God that has been walking with God for a while, yet am still a child, <laughs> right? So I'm yes. a five-year-old at heart as, as far as uh, my relationship with God. And uh, so that's what I was trying to drive home to him, but then try to drive home to myself. Yes. Think about these things, yes. not what is going to be unsettling to my soul. Yes. So almost like a two-step, take the things that are disturbing to you and hand them over to God. Mm-hmm. He's big enough to handle them. Right. And then fill your heart and mind yeah. with the good, beautiful truth, truths of God, mm-hmm. both in His Word and in His world, which is part of the reason why I think even when He says to pray, to do it with thanksgiving, even in your prayer, you're reminding yourself of what God has yep. done and, yep. and His activity, which uh, strengthens us. It fills and floods our hearts and minds with the the reminders of a, God's goodness and faithfulness so that we are handling these things to the one who can mm-hmm. uh, address them and reminding our, ourselves and resting in the security. Right, and what a powerful witness that becomes to a watching world yes. when Christians are joyful and at peace and filled with these good things so that when when uncertainty, like, I don't know, an election that's undecided, <laughs> seems to be ruling the hearts of society, as Christians, we can have peace and joy uh, through the, all of those things, yes. and so that a watching world goes, I want what they have. What is different yes. about these people? That they're so, um, uns- uh, or excuse me, uh, unshaken uh, by what shakes us, you know? And that, yeah. man, that talk about salt and light in a world that desperately needs Jesus, and we can display that if we're living um, this Philippians 4 passage in our lives. As we close, we want to pray for you. We believe that prayer connects us to the heart of God. And so we want to spend some time praying for our listeners, for our church, and for the society around us so that we will bless the city that we're in. Josiah, why don't you go first, and then I'll close us in prayer. Gladly, let's pray. God, um, we do remind ourselves that you are God, that you are good, you are sovereign, you're in control. 
Uh, we know you're governing all things for our good and your glory, uh, because it, when things seemed absolutely out of control, when you, uh, the Son of God, uh, were standing uh, in our place and really hanging, suffering in our place, uh, you at that time were yet in control and working mm. uh, for the everlasting good of your people. You were triumphing over all of our enemies. You were sovereignly working your good purpose. So, Lord, we can trust you. Um, Lord, I pray that um, in, in light of that reality, as was vindicated and demonstrated through Jesus' uh, resurrection from the dead, um, that right now we would, uh, rather than being anxious, we would lift, we would lay our concerns, our needs uh, before you. Needs uh, and concerns about our country, needs and concerns about uh, COVID with um, even increase in many places of cases, and, and I know anxieties that are on people's hearts and minds, uh, concerns about uh, economic impact, concerns about um, uh, religious liberties, concerns about a whole host uh, of matters. Um, we uh, lift these up to you, O oh God, and pray that you would work for the good of your people and that you would grant your peace that we might see, trust, and rest in you and help us to be a people whose minds would be fixed on the things that are good, that are lovely, that are true. May we bear witness to the world as we do respond uh, to challenges and difficulties in a way that has them scratching their heads and saying, how can they deal with such adversity and yet have that kind of peace and that kind of joy. And may they see it's because uh, of our relationship with you, Jesus, your uh, peace uh, ruling and guarding our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, as I continue in prayer, I just ask for all of our listeners that are facing difficulties, uh, things that the world uh, and we at times classify as anxieties, Lord, I pray that this passage that we just heard would be true in our lives, that we would let our requests be known to you, that we would pray about the things that are on our hearts with honesty, just lay them out, humble ourselves and lay them out to you, and then have thanksgiving as well, thanking, that, thanking you that you're our God, that you've taken care of our deepest problems in Jesus Christ, that you've conquered the grave in the resurrection, that you've seated your Son at your right hand, that you're coming again to restore all things. So, Lord, please let us have that perspective so that uh, your peace will guard, will rule our hearts. So I just pray that over each person listening now, that uh, this peace would rule in their hearts, that you would, by your Spirit, give them the power uh, to be anxiety-free by letting the request be made known to yes. you with thanksgiving. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for uh, the work that you're doing in our hearts and in the, heart, in the life of our church at Christ Community Church. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this, we invite you to share it with family and friends. To learn more about our church, visit us online at ChristCommunityCarmel.org. And if you're in the area, visit us in person at the corner of Main Street and Gray in Carmel, Indiana. And join us again next week for the Christ Community Podcast. Until then, the peace of Christ be with you.
and also with you. Amen. And God bless.